destroying the media lies, and dismantling the narratives, one story at a time. It's the Adrian Slade Show Quick Rant. As we get together with our family, and we look back at the blessings that God has given us, we're in that new holiday season now of dinner table political recruitment. That's a wonderful time of year where the news media always seems to prep us and prep their minions for the holiday political discussions. And they'll tell you that this is what you should say. They'll tell you, they'll even subcontract points of view out to you so that you can feel as though you can make your arguments seem more thoughtful. And this is especially pointed at their newly indoctrinated foot soldiers. You know, those who are feverishly burning the candles at both ends to procure that $50,000 college degree in French couture fashion design, armed with talking points and nothing more, no supporting documentation, no information, no deeper understanding of what they're spouting off. But they're ready to burst into the foyer, wide-eyed, enlightened, ready to spar and divide the family. Yay, politics! I mean, thank the Lord that we have bottles of red Zinfandel on hand to watch out, you know, to get us through these mind-numbing arguments. And we'll get the castigation of our founding. We'll get that speech about how evil, uh, the evil genocide of the white man, how evil they were in the Americas, how they were destroying and conquering and plundering as though they were commissioned to do so from the start. Hey, Go out there and find that land that you don't know exists and kill all of those people that are on it and take it over for us, you know, because that's the way it's presented in school. And then they'll complain that, you know, look at you slaughtering innocent fowl. These turkeys, they have feelings just as we do. And we're killing them in favor of greedy consumption and evil capitalism. And you're over there emitting climate constricting fumes that affect our climate and could be raising the degrees of the atmosphere from your big box, big corporation turkey fryers in order to celebrate a genocidal holiday of gluttony and white privilege. They'll talk about how oppression still reigns supreme in the land of the free, but to cure it, we need to remove the system of government that has been the most successful form of government for over 200 years and supports freedom and liberty. We got to get rid of all that. We have to have a system that allows for, uh, you know, think about think about the system we have right now. They want to switch it with something that allows a sense of community and a village and everybody pulls together. We have a system right now that allows for an environment for personal success based on your personal hard work and your personal responsibility. And you know what? Sometimes that hard work doesn't result in the outcome you wish. Sometimes you're not successful even as hard as you've tried. But that you know what? It's all right. You can try something else. You aren't mandated to be removed from your career as an accountant in order to be reassigned to feeding zoo animals, as that personal account from the Cuban refugee recounted on our previous podcast. Bloated taxes for a heavy welfare state simply because you're livid over the fact that you have a liability now to pay towards your education indoctrination. That's not going to cure the ailments of perceived inequality. Pie-in-the-sky manufactured and government-managed solutions won't be a fix. Pretending that overly taxed Norwegian nanny state nations are the model cure for what will fix everything in America and believing that that's actual democratic socialism. 
That, that, that illustrates the lack of nuance and critical thinking that has basically been eliminated from every college campus. And when everyone is sitting down with the bounty that was provided by capitalism, tons of cranberry sauce, you might have it homemade from ingredients that were brought to the grocery store, which is a capitalist organization in, its, uh, in and of itself. You can maybe even get it in the form of a can. But you know what? Capitalism brought it there. Turkeys from, from everywhere, from small local farms, which are businesses in and of themselves, from the meatpacking industry, all brought to the grocery store, all brought through a trucking uh, or company. You know, I mean, stovetop dressing or dressing made from ingredients that were all brought about by capitalism. You can use the history of Thanksgiving to debunk the entire democratic socialism's mythos. And this is from libertyunderfire.org. This Thanksgiving, we think of the pilgrims enjoying abundant food. But this was not their real reality. Few will mention the starving times, the first year in 1620 when half died of starvation. Harvests were not bountiful in that year and the next two as well. Plymouth was beset by laziness and thievery. William Bradford, the governor of the colony, in his history of Plymouth Plantation reported that, quote, much was stolen both by night and day to alleviate the prevailing condition of hunger. The mythical feast of the first Thanksgiving did fill their be bellies briefly, he reported, and they were grateful, but abundance was anything but common. And why did this happen? Because they had fallen victim to the socialistic philosophy of share the wealth. This disincentivized the productive base of society. Then suddenly, as though night changed today, the crop of 1623 was bounteous. And those thereafter were as well. And it had nothing to do with the weather. Bradford wrote, instead of famine, now God gave them plenty and made the face of things change to rejoicing of the hearts of many for which they blessed God. He concluded later, any general want or famine hath not been amongst them since this day. And one variable alone made the difference and ended the three-year famine. They abandoned the notion of government or corporation owning the means of production and distribution in favor of the individual having property and being responsible to take care of himself. Before, no one had benefited by working because he received the same compensation as those who didn't work. After the change, everyone kept the benefits of their labor. Those who chose not to work basically chose also to be poor. And the government, corporation, no longer confiscated from those who produced to give those who did not. No government food stamps here. Ironically, all of this could have been avoided had Plymouth consulted history and communicated with their neighboring colony some distance south of them, who had previously been down the same trail. Jamestown, remember 1607? Two was a first socialist society where each produced according to his ability and received according to his needs, which, of course, affected supply. One cannot divide what does not exist. Our textbooks tell us that only one-twelfth survived the first two years for precisely the same reason, starvation. The problem, as noted by Tom Bethel in his work, The Noblest Triumph, Property and Prosperity Through the Ages, was identified by an unnamed participant as, quote, want of providence, industry, and government, and not the bareness 
uh, and defect of our of the country. Captain John Smith is credited with having saved the floundering colony by his, quote, no worky, no eaty government program. Once again, the Virginia company was the government. And he was hated for it, addicted to the promise of getting something for nothing, even if it was always less than promised. The receiving part of the population will always oppose they're not getting their fair share. Sound familiar? Captain Smith was eventually carted off to England in chains as fast as the parasitic population could do so. Once again, why? Philip A. Bruce, in his Economic History of Virginia in the 17th century, called it agricultural socialism. Quote, the settlers did not have even a modified interest in the soil. Everything produced by them went into the store in which they had no proprietorship. When the settlers finally were allowed to own their own property and keep what they produced, things changed overnight. Colony Secretary Ralph Hamer wrote of incoming prosperity beginning in 1614 after ownership of land was allowed. When our people were fed out of the common store, they labored jointly together Glad was he who could slip from his labor or slumber over his task. He cared not how. Nay, the most honest among them would hardly take so much true pains in a week as now for themselves they will do in a day. Neither cared for the increase, presuming that, however, the harvest prospered. The general store must maintain them so that we reaped not so much corn from the labors of 30 as now three or four do provide for themselves. So again, socialism didn't work in either one of the colonies. And when we think of Thanksgiving, we have to think of the abundant feast that they eventually had once they abandoned socialism. It's almost like the, uh, the story of, of Israel in the Bible where they had to build the wall and they didn't have a lot of time to build it. And instead of them trying to just get together and just build the wall all the way around. It was up to everybody individually to build a section of the wall and place it up. And they got it done quickly, quicker than they imagined. Because even though you're working for yourself and you're working for your family, your productivity spills out into society and creates a nation of productive, liberty-loving individuals. And that is the message of Thanksgiving and so when you're sitting there with your socialist friends, your democratic socialist friends, and they're bloviating about how America is so awful and how it's so oppressive, even though, you know, my wife makes more money than I do, even though women are succeeding all over the place as Hewlett Packard's CEO and down the line, even and look at the, uh, you know, devo- um, you know, the, you look at all of the industries, you know, you look at the fact that the NFL has given us tons and tons of minorities who are succeeding beyond their wildest dreams. Only these things can be done in a country of opportunity. And you do not get that opportunity with socialism. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can listen to us, the full show on Mojo 5.0, Mojo 5.0 radio. You can also, it's Mojo5.0.com. You can also catch the uh, podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, Tune in, iHeart, Spotify, Podbean, basically anywhere that you can find a podcast, we're probably there. You can also catch the uh, the Roku channel if you have a streaming a Roku streaming device. Get the streaming channel in your Roku streaming store. You can also read the blog AdrianSlateShow.com. 
donate. Patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show. If you'd like to donate, you pick the amount or you can do it through anchor.fm. We'll see you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>